0: Good morning. morning. Welcome to Cornerstone Bible Church. And uh, apparently, uh, you had a very small preview of uh, of of, uh, Sunday school, but you showed up anyway. So (laughs) Uh, this is a good day not to be on the tech team. Uh, Pray for them. Something, something about uh, you know the various channels that they they have uh, to broadcast from, and uh, uh, I didn't do it, but I'm I always seem to be associated with whatever goes wrong around here. So, you know. <laughs> so whatever you know, my, my in uh, previous life. I I ran an industrial test lab for over 20 years, so I'm used to breaking things, but, you know, uh, not always on purpose. Uh, Let's look at our scripture today. Uh, We're in Colossians chapter 2. We will be studying uh, verses 11 through 15 But I'm going to take a flying run-up from verse 1 of chapter 2, reading from the New King James. For I want you to know what a great conflict I have for you and those in Laodicea, and for uh, as many as have not seen my face in the flesh, that their hearts may be encouraged, being knit together in love, attaining and attaining to all uh, riches of the full assurance of understanding to the knowledge of the mystery of God, both of the Father and of Christ, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Now this I say, lest anyone should deceive you with persuasive words. For though I am absent in the flesh, yet I am with you in spirit, rejoicing to see your good order and the steadfastness of your faith in Christ. As you therefore have received Christ Jesus the Lord... So walk in him, rooted and built up in him, and established in your faith, as you have been taught, abounding in it with thanksgiving. Beware lest anyone cheat you through philosophy and empty deceit, according to the tradition of men, according to the basic principles of the world, and not according to Christ. For in him dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily, and you are complete in him, who is the head of all principality and power. Continuing in verse 11, in him you were also circumcised with a circumcision made without hands by putting off the body of sins of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ, buried with him in baptism, in which you were uh, also raised with him through faith in the working of God, who raised him from the dead. And you, being dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, he has made alive together with him, having forgiven you all trespasses. Having wiped out the handwriting of requirements that was against us, which was contrary to us, and he has taken uh, it out of the way, having nailed it to the cross, having disarmed principalities and powers, he made a public spectacle of them triumphing over them in it let's pray heavenly father thank you for the day lord thank you for the day you have made thank you for your word lord thank you for the fellowship of your people Uh, lord guide us now uh, by your spirit Uh, lord thank you for this passage lord we ask uh, that uh, by your spirit we will understand it uh, by your power Lord, that uh, we will be encouraged and we will encourage uh, one another uh, by that same power. In Jesus' name, amen. In this letter to the Colossians, Paul emphasizes the preeminence of Christ. Christ is not just prominent. As in one among many, he is preeminent. That is to say, he is the one and only. He is not just first place or first among equals, because first place implies second place and third place, etc. Nothing holds a candle to Christ. He is preeminent over all things. Uh, The Colossian error made much of Christ. But they did not make everything of Christ. Spurgeon is quoted as saying that discernment is knowing the difference between what is right and what is almost right. Error often sounds good at first until you hold it up to the light of the Word of God. So far, uh, we have seen Christ preeminent in salvation. Uh, Chapter 1, verses 13 and 14. He has delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed us into the kingdom of the Son of his love, in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sin. Salvation is impossible without the blood of Jesus. Christ is preeminent in creation. Uh, Chapter 1, verses 16 and 17. For by him all things were created that are in heaven and that are on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or principalities or powers. All things were created through him and for him, and he is before all things, and in him all things consist. Creation is impossible without the hand of God. Christ is preeminent in the church. Chapter 1, beginning of uh, verse 18. He is the head of the body, the church. How important is the head to the body? That's the, the degree that Christ is preeminent in the church. Christ is also preeminent in education. Chapter 2, verse 3. In him are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. True wisdom, true knowledge are always found uh, in the person of Jesus Christ. And finally, uh, Christ is preeminent in worship, which we will begin to discuss today. Uh, Let's start to work through the text uh, verse 11 again, in him you were also circumcised with a circumcision made without hands by putting off uh, the body sins of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ. Circumcision was given to Abraham in Genesis chapter 17 uh, verses 9 through 13 as a sign of the covenant Uh, between uh, God and Abraham. But Abraham's salvation is recorded two chapters earlier in Genesis 15, 6, uh, where it says, he believed the Lord and it was credited to him for righteousness. Uh, Circumcision was only ever a merit badge and not necessary for salvation. Circumcision was given before the law of Moses and then codified in Leviticus twelve three. It was always meant to be symbolic. We know circumcision was symbolic because Moses himself spoke of the circumcised heart in Deuteronomy uh, chapter ten verse sixteen, and again in Deuteronomy chapter thirty verse six, uh, where he says, "The Lord your God will circumcise your heart." In the heart of your descendants to love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul that you may live. If you remember Deuteronomy 6.4, who knows that one? If you're, if you're a good Jew, you got to know the Shema, right? Love the Lord your God with all your heart all your soul, all your strength, everything you are. So Deuteronomy 30, verse 6, tells us how. By the circumcision of God made without hands. Uh, The uh, uh, beginning of Deuteronomy in chapter 1 says that uh, the book of Deuteronomy was uh, Moses' attempt to begin to explain the law. And the point of the law was, love God, love your neighbor. The circumcision of the heart is an act of God to bring us into relationship with Him. It was always intended to be a spiritual act. Uh, The prophet Jeremiah calls out Israel for not being circumcised in heart in Jeremiah chapter 4, verse 4, and chapter 9, verse 26. <clears throat> God is always interested in the reality of the heart and not the ritual. Uh, Paul speaks in, of this in several places uh, in his writings, including First Corinthians chapter 7 verse 19. Circumcision is nothing, and uncircumcision is nothing. but keeping the commandments of God uh, is what matters. Galatians chapter 5, verse 6. For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision avails anything but faith working through love. Galatians chapter 6, verse 15. For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision avails anything but a new creation. The Jews were fixated on the letter of the law, but they missed the meaning. Uh, But God is always concerned about the spiritual reality and not the ritual. Verse 12, buried with him in baptism, in which uh, you also were raised uh, with him through faith in the working of God, who raised him from the dead. Just as circumcision is symbolic of a heart changed by God, so baptism is symbolic of death to self, new life in Christ. Uh, Baptism does not save you, nor can it save you. Rather, it is given to us as an object lesson of the spiritual reality of what God has already done uh, in us. Notice uh, the phrase Paul uses, uh, faith in the working of God. God alone does the work of salvation. And like Abraham, we get to believe him. We get to put our trust in him. Also, notice, notice the pattern. God is always the initiator, and we are always the responders. Uh, There is nothing in us that would pursue God unless God pursued us first. God raised Christ from the dead. And when you are in Christ, you are raised to life with him. Everything that is true of Christ becomes true of you when you trust Christ by faith. You cannot live the Christian life in and of yourself. But in Christ, all good things are possible. Uh, what does the Scripture say? I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I've used this illustration before. I'll use it again. Uh, I cannot fly to France. I am I am a lousy airplane. I can flap my wings all I want. I can run down the runway at Dayton International. But I can't even get off the ground, never mind fly to France. But I can get in an airplane uh, and fly to France, assuming it's not a Boeing 737 MAX 9. Excuse me. Um, I cannot swim to France. Uh, I would not make it out of Long Island Sound before I went belly up. Uh, But I can get in a boat. And the boat can take me to France. In the same way, I cannot live the Christian life uh, in and of myself. How shall we live the Christian life? In Christ. And only in Christ. In Christ, everything uh, that he wants us to do is possible. Does that make sense? Does that that analogy carry? Uh, what's, What's... true of Christ becomes true uh, of me. Verse 13. And you, being dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, he is made alive together with him, having forgiven you all trespasses. We are made alive by the working of God, which he planned out before the foundation of the world, according to Revelation 14, 6. We are made alive together... With Christ, who has forgiven all our sins. What kind of forgiveness is this? Forgiveness is gracious. Uh, We don't deserve it, we could never earn it. Uh, But as the hymn says, uh, uh, this grace is greater than all my sin. Uh, It is marvelous, it is infinite, etc., etc. Uh, forgiveness is complete. Christ died once for all. That is, all sins for all times to bring you to God. God has forgiven all sins, past, present, and future in Christ Jesus. And God is eager to forgive. Ezekiel 18, verse 23 tells us that God takes no pleasure in the death of the wicked, but rather that they should turn and live. Psalm 86.5 says, For you, Lord, are good and ready to forgive and abundant in mercy to all who call upon you. God is ready to forgive. Are you ready to repent? The only time God is pictured as running in Scripture is when the prodigal comes home. That's how eager God is to forgive. Please glance back to uh, verse 6 of chapter 2. Let me get a drink here. As you therefore have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him. How did you receive the Lord? According to Ephesians 2.8, by grace through faith. So how do you walk in relationship with the Lord? By grace through faith. If you can't justify yourself before God, and you can't, how do you expect to sanctify yourself apart from the power of God that works in you? There was a temptation in colossians to say, Thank you, Lord, for your saving work. I'll take it from here. Uh, How is that going to play out? Mm. Not well. uh, that That is where destruction comes from. Just as Christ is preeminent in creation, creation could only happen by the power of God, just as Christ is preeminent in redemption, Our salvation could only be accomplished by the power of God. Just as Christ is preeminent in the church, we are all connected to him. We are all members of his body, and he is the head. Just as Christ is preeminent in education, uh, how does uh, verse 3 put it? Some of the treasures of wisdom and knowledge are hidden in him. Is that what your translation says? oh, oh, wait a minute. Many of the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. No, no. Maybe, maybe it says most of the treasures of wisdom and knowledge, right? No. All the treasures of wisdom and knowledge are found in Christ Jesus. Someone, someone once wrote, you can go to your college, you can go to your school, But if you ain't got Jesus, you're an educated fool, and that's all. Just as all of that is true, so Christ is preeminent in worship. What do I mean by that? Uh, That is to say that Christ is preeminent in how we are to live our lives. Worship is not just three songs and out on Sunday morning. Worship is uh, the lifestyle of godliness. It includes music. It includes uh, singing and making melody in your heart toward the Lord. And that can happen anywhere at any time. It's Christ in you, the hope of glory. Worship is living each moment by the grace of God. As the hymnist says, His grace has led me safe thus far, and grace will lead me home. The Colossians were defaulting to human wisdom and Jewish tradition. Uh, They had the attitude of kiss your mother, eat your vegetables wear blue and you just might make it oh and be circumcised too Uh, that is our natural heart we like to have a list of things to do just tell me what to do uh, how to please God and uh, uh, and I'll be okay right our natural hearts default to legalism uh, so what is legalism? It is the attempt to live for God instead of living by God. Legalism is putting an emphasis on the standard human standards of obedience instead of walking by grace through faith in the power of God's Holy Spirit. Legalism is human-powered instead of God-powered. Legalism looks good on the surface. Legalism uh, is dangerous at the heart level. We need to turn our eyes away from even godly examples, such as Hebrews chapter 11. And we need to fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, according to Hebrews 12, verse 2. Uh, How does the old hymn put it? Turn your eyes upon Jesus, look full in his wonderful face, and the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. Verse 14, having wiped out the handwriting of requirements that was against us, which was contrary to us, and he has taken it out of the way, having nailed it to the cross. The allusion here is to the ink that uh, was used in that day. It did not contain acid, so it was not permanent and could be easily wiped off of a parchment or whatever they were writing on, like a chalkboard or a dry erase board. So God, in Christ, is wiped out the penalty of the law. Uh, Romans 8.1, if... Uh, You have been in uh, Sunday night service for the last three years. You can quote this uh, verbatim, right? But I'm going to say it anyway. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, who walk not according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set you free from the law of sin and death. Just as the law of aerodynamics overcomes the law of gravity, so the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus overcomes the law of sin and death. Having said that, we still obey the Ten Commandments, right? Right? Worshipping other gods is still sin, Making an image of God is still sin. Blasphemy is still sin. Disrespecting your parents is still a sin. Murder is still sin, regardless of what the pro-abortion crowd says. Sexual immorality is still sin. Premarital sex, extramarital sex, rape, incest, the whole nine yards. Stealing is still sin. Lying is still is still a sin, right? Coveting is still a sin. Sin is still sinful and will send you to hell if you're outside of Christ. Uh, What does Paul say in Romans 7? The law is good and it kills me. But now in Christ, we can obey out of a heart of love for God by the power of God's Holy Spirit. The penalty of sin was nailed to the cross, and I bear it no more. God's requirement of death for sin was paid in full on the cross by Christ. He took our place on the cross. It should have been me on the cross. It should have been you. It should have been all of us. Christ became our substitute. Amen? Do you trust him? Verse 15, having disarmed principalities and powers, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them in it. The illusion here is what the Roman army would do to those uh, captured in battle. They would march them all the way back to Rome, and they would parade them through the city. That's what the preeminent Christ has done to sin and death and hell. He triumphed over them by the blood of Christ. He didn't just defeat them. He made a spectacle of them. Christ didn't beat death 24 to 23. He did not beat death 333 to 0. He annihilated uh, the power of death forever. We can sing victory in Jesus, even though it's not in our hymn book anymore. Uh, The preeminent Christ has triumphed over human wisdom, human philosophy, and dead ritual. All these things have the appearance of wisdom on on a human level, but they are really contrary to us. Spiritual reality is found in Christ and Christ alone. Human wisdom, human philosophy don't make us smarter, they make us dumber, and they make us numb to spiritual reality. Amen? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for your word. Lord, thank you for defeating sin and death and hell. Lord, thank you for being preeminent over all the things uh, that pertain to life and godliness. Lord, uh, thank you for your salvation. Thank you for your redemption. Thank you for your work in our lives. Help us to walk in obedience in your power. In Jesus' name, amen.